Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. And with that, we welcome you inside of Studio 34. These are your BFFs. You're Frank Staffel. I'm Greg Sussman. What was that? Greg, why are you starting the show so confused? I did the open. You shook your head and then looked at me. What was that? Greg, I'm going to go ahead and guess that you have not watched back the beginning of the BFFs for the past two months. Why is that? I do that every day. <laughs> you don't? No, 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 no. I do. I look at you like, what is what is Greg doing? No. What is Greg no, doing no, no, right no, no, now? No, 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 no. No, I do. It, it's more of a, it's more of a, hmm. Then today, it was like a, a head shake today. <laughs> today was different. I've watched a lot of BFFs. Yeah, have you? Over the, yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> over the last few years. I don't like that one. I'm sorry, bud. Hey, I didn't want to get us started off on the wrong foot today, Greg. That's where, where we are. We're previewing second base. We are. You know which what? Which is the most fun position of all. It's not. <laughs> I've realized that the positions I like the least this year, Frank, are first and second base. Yes, which we're talking about today and tomorrow. That's correct. Like they are. Sorry. Oh, and catcher, obviously. The next three days, terrible programming. <laughs> oh, you are a, you're a great advocate. I of am the selling the show. I there am you go. selling the network. If you hate terrible positions, come back for the next three we're days. We're here, First base, second base, catcher. We got it all covered. They all suck. How'd you sleep last night, Greg? Not great, Frank. Not great. Judy was at a uh, event with her friends and sister. Yeah, I was watching. I was at a bar watching Maryland. They lost terribly. Again, terrible. Bar, a weeknight. Horrible. Turning up. Yeah, on a Tuesday. Had a couple beers, watched the game, whatever. Got home. She was at her event with her friends. I get a text. Hey, my sister's sleeping over. She has her own apartment. And I'm like, why? <laughs> why is this? Uh, so, of course, I just picture angry Greg in a bar getting a text about th- sisters. So then I'm, I'm sleeping like 1230. They come in, you know, they're quiet. And then Judy gets into bed and, and she's just like asking all these questions. And Were they intoxicated? Yeah. Oh, all right. And I was like, I'm on a Tuesday, I know, this is not gossip. Time. Sussman family turning up. This is not gossip time. This is sleep time. Wasn't that? This guy's 50 years old. <laughs> Wasn't that? Oh, you know what make me happier? This update from Alex Vassana. I am Alex Vassana with your Sports Grid news update here on the Fantasy BFFs. Guys, in Major League Baseball, Jordan Alvarez. Well, manager Dusty Baker said he will be withheld from baseball activities for three to four days while the slugger manages knee soreness. Alvarez's shutdown seems to be precautionary more than anything, but until he re-enters the Houston Grapefruit League lineup, his status will be one worth tracking. He is expected to occupy a spot in the heart of the lineup this year in 20. 
2020 after an exceptional rookie campaign where he posted a .412 on base percentage last season. Sticking with Major League Baseball, Red Sox are still waiting for a third opinion on Chris Sale's elbow after they make the decision on his status. Red Sox interim manager Ron Greneke told reporters on Wednesday that the team is still waiting to hear from renowned surgeon Dr. Neil L. Atrase. Greneke stresses that the Red Sox need to get this right before determining how to proceed with Sale. Sale underwent the MRI on Tuesday after experiencing elbow soreness following his first live batting practice session. Guys, in the NFL, the Jacksonville Jaguars have agreed to trade cornerback A.J. Bouye to the Denver Broncos for a fourth-round selection in this year's NFL draft. The trade cannot be processed until the New York League begins in March, uh, March 18th to be specific. Bouye told ESPN's Josina Anderson that he was informed of the pending trade both from Jaguars GM Dave Caldwell and Broncos President and GM John Elway. Everyone remembers Bouye. He was one of the key members of the 2017 free agent class for the Jaguars that was regarded as one of the best in franchise history. You got a full slate of NBA, NHL, and college hoops tonight. Nine NBA games on tap for tonight. The Boston Celtics visit the Cleveland Cavaliers. Celtics, three and a half point favorites. The total is 217. You also got the Utah Jazz going to Madison Square Garden to take on the Knicks. Utah Jazz are your eight point favorites. The total is 218 and a half. Also, the New Orleans Pelicans visit the Dallas Mavericks. Mavericks are your six point favorites. The total, 240 in this one. All right, I'm Alex Fasano, and this has been your Sports Grid News Update. Now back to the Fantasy BFFs. All right, we're back here on the Fantasy BFFs. Just checking on Greg. He's currently yelling on the phone at Judy because he didn't get enough sleep last night, so I'll keep you updated on that. We're going to go through our entire second base ranks today, talk about sleepers, talk about busts, but like we like to do every day here on the Fantasy BFFs, we give you a little snippet of our NBA tip drill, and earlier today, Greg Sussman spoke with Drew Dinkmeyer of DailyRoto.com about Karis LeVert last night, posted a career-high 51 points. We're going back to the well. Let's find out why. At the shooting guard spot, last night was the game of his career. 37 points in the fourth quarter in overtime for Karis LeVert. 51 total, scoring every point in OT as the Nets defeated the Boston Celtics. Like, not have a back-to-back, yet you're still going back to LeVert. How's that? <laughs> yeah, it's hard. You know, you usually don't want to kind of hit the home run two days in a row. You know it's unlikely for him to kind of repeat that performance from last night. And playing into overtime, playing heavy minutes on second night of back-to-back is always a concern, but... Price tag is still really affordable at $6,000 here and a matchup with Memphis. Another team that plays at a pretty fast pace is a pretty good one for LeVert on the whole. So we think he's going to be one of the better shooting guards to play. Now, if Marcus Smart is not suspended, which we're still waiting for that news, uh, he's going to be another premier shooting guard option with no Kemba Walker, probably no Gordon Hayward, probably no Jason Tatum, probably no Jalen Brown. So Marcus Smart would kind of be the last man standing there. Those two are kind of the top shooting guard options. But with the unknown on Marcus Smart, whether he'll be available tonight, Karis LeVert's our guy. All right, there you go. That is Drew Dinkmeyer of DailyRoto.com speaking with Greg Sussman about tonight's NBA DFS slate. And I have to agree with Drew. Normally, when you see someone put up a career night, you don't want to go back the next day because then you just feel like, oh, well, I missed out on the career night already. 
But I think things set up pretty well for Karis LeVert, who was just ridiculous last night. Led that comeback for the Brooklyn Nets. They were down 21 points against the Boston Celtics. He scores 37 points in the fourth quarter in overtime to help the Brooklyn Nets get that big win over the Boston Celtics, Greg. Uh, going back to the well with Karis LeVert tonight. Going back to Karis LeVert. Understandably so. He was awesome last night. Let's see if we can win some money over in DFS. We're also going to win you money by drafting you the second baseman that matter, Frank. Let's get right into it. Let's start. Let's start at the top. Are there any? No. This position's bad, Greg. It's not good, Frank. At least, I would say almost every position outside of catcher has like a first-round pick, a second-round pick. Not second base. No. You don't drive your second baseman until your third pick. You know, it's interesting. My top, there's 10 second basemen. You have my list on the board right now. I'm actually kind of surprised you have Ozzy number one as well. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in on Ozzy Albies. For me, I got 10 guys I like. Nobody else. (laughs) <laughs> well, I hope you get one of those top 10, Greg, or else you're screwed. Correct. Correct. I don't like anybody else. Yeah, let's start None at the top here with Ozzy Albies. Oh, you have Ozzy Albies number one also? Yeah, you do. Yeah, I have, no, I have number one as well. I'm just surprised that, you know. And you have Altuve at four. I have Altuve at four, and I'll tell you reasons why. I'm not in on Jose Altuve this To be fair, I didn't rank uh, Kettle Martin because we talked to him like seven days in a row. <laughs> so he's just not ranked. Talk yet. about him again. No. Greg's hatred for Kettle Marte. It's hatred. unwarranted, Greg. It is, right. The stats are where they are. Super consistent first two seasons here out of Ozzy Albies. Back-to-back, 24 home runs, over 100 runs scored, uh, 86 RBIs, 15 stolen bases, with a 295 batting average in 2019 last year. Improved his walk rate, lowered his strikeout rate, uh, improved his batted ball across the board, started hitting more line drives, started hitting more uh, hard contact, Greg, the barrel rate, average exit velocity, the expected slugging percentage, everything you want to see out of a young hitter has been improving for Ozzy Albies. He's still only 23 years old. He's going to bat second. Think about this. He's going to bat second between Ronald Acuna and Freddie Freeman. There might not be a better spot to bat in in all of baseball than to be Ozzy Albies this upcoming season, Greg. The one thing that I will bring up, and I'm surprised you haven't mentioned this to me yet, is that he has struggled against left-handed mm-hmm. pitching in his against right-handed pitching in his career. He's a switch hitter. He crushes lefties uh, and all throughout the minors it, it's been the same thing. He absolutely crushes left-handed pitching but is not as good against right-handed pitching even as a switch hitter. Uh, last year against lefties 389 with an OPS over 1000 against lefties, 267 with an OPS around 780 against right-handed pitching last year for Ozzy Albies. So Hopefully he can improve there. He hasn't really shown any signs. He has a long track record of being the same player in the minor leagues. But even if he's not, Greg, I think you know 20 home runs, I think there's still another level in terms of stolen bases. It wouldn't surprise me if he can get to 20-20. Probably going to approach 100 runs scored once again. A really good lineup there at the top with the Atlanta Braves. Um, I think he's just an ascending player, and I don't mind snagging him in that third, fourth round range. I agree, and what you just said is right, because he's still young. And I think that given that he's 23 years old right now, and... Playing in his, what, third full season in the major leagues already? It's a player that's primed to go 20-20 this season. It doesn't take much to get there. He's He showed more speed in the minors, too. Right. I, I think Why ev- can't he get to 25 steals? Right. I, I think everything else that we're seeing is realistic. Like You'd like to improve against righties, but first half and the second half wound up being relatively even. The power at 25 home runs at second base, getting to 20 to 25 steals over all the runs scored in the middle of a great, or a top of a great lineup. It's a guy that's only going to get better. This is an ascending player that's clear that you want. Like, can how, what does Ozzy Albies have to do? I guess it's more power or more speed. 
what does he have to do to get in that first, second round range next year? Because like in the third round, like it's where he's going. It's where he should be going. What does he have to do this year to ascend? I think if he remains uh, where the batting average is, right? If he approaches 300 and he sure. goes like 25-25, he's probably a first-round player next year. Outside of that, if he if he does something similar to what he's done the past couple of seasons, he's probably just going to stay status quo. And this might just be the player he is. That's perfectly fine. But there's also that chance that he takes the next step because he's still so young. He's only 23, 23 years old. So. Who would you rather have, Ozzy Albies or Sterling Marte? I would rather have Starling Marte just because you basically want Ozzy Albies to do what Starling Marte does every single year. But he is ascending, Ozzy But there Albies. is a, lo- a little bit more injury risk as well. I'll take Starling Marte, but it's a fair question. It's close. We'll talk more with the second baseman, including Jose Altuve, coming up next. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Back here on the BFFs, Frank, teach me about players I've never heard of. So we'll get into that a little bit later on in the program. Uh, you know, I was telling you that, was it a day or two ago, where I was like, your hatred has gone to Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant, yes. Chris Bryant. That All I needed to do was hear hatred. Hatred with Frank means either Trevor Bauer or Chris Bryant, basically. True. This year it does. <laughs> who was it last year that you just like despised? Um, hmm. I don't remember who it was. I can, I can look at my rankings and find out. Yeah, I'll remember it. Like I know you were. The Nothing o- comes to mind right away. Like, I knew you were the Osio Puig guy. You didn't like George Springer, but I wasn't I don't like think I minded George Springer, but I liked like, Puig more than it Springer. wasn't like this hatred level on George Springer. You just yeah. preferred Puig. Yeah, that was like the first thing that came to mind. I don't remember. I'll go back on my rankings and try to remember. Oh, Rizzo, I'm out on Rizzo every oh, year yeah. too. I guess I, I just don't like the Cubs except for Javier Baez. So. The Chris Bryant one, and I really thought that you just like went too far. We discussed that on our uh, outfielder program and our third base show. I feel the same way about Jose Altuve. Oh, come on, Greg. Like, listen, I'm, you see my rankings. I got Ozzy Albies at number one. We're in agreement. His ability to go 25-25 to catapult as a 23-year-old player, it makes a ton of sense. Like, I'm all in there. But Jose Altuve is number two. And I think that that combination... He doesn't run like he used to. He's not going to have power. He doesn't run at all. <laughs> He's not going to have power like a Glaber Torres is. I understand that. It seems like you're going down the route of uh, your Trevor Bauer defense once again. <laughs> you're like telling me a bunch of reasons why Jose Altuve is not good <laughs> in order to defend why you have him ranked second overall. He doesn't overall. run as much. The average will be better than Glaber. I yes. think, I think he'll, he has a good shot to score more runs than Glaber potentially. Maybe. Uh, he's gonna have more than six steals this year, isn't he? I don't know. Well, if you ask Alex Bregman, he is. Uh, we had Alex Bregman's interview on Fantasy Sports today, and he said Jose Altuve is gonna steal thirty bases this year. I, for one, will be taking the under on that. The guy has just dealt with a ton of injuries the past couple of seasons. Greg, he had a knee surgery two years ago. He dealt with hamstring sur- uh, injury last year, and those have hampered his ability to run. And it wouldn't surprise me if he misses time again this upcoming season. Kind of reminds me of. 
uh, where Paul Goldschmidt has kind of been trending the past couple of years, where next year Jose Altuve is going to be more of a mid-round pick, like a fifth, a sixth-round pick, still a solid player. But I just see him trending down. And his plate discipline has gotten worse. Mind you, it's still really good compared to like league average and like most other players in baseball, but career-high 15% strikeout rate last year, 7.5% walk rate was his lowest since 2015, 282 expected batting average was his lowest over the past four seasons. I just think the combination of injury risk, knee, hamstring, he's not going to run as a result of that. Last year, he went 6 for 11 on the base paths. Um, if he continues to get caught stealing early on in the season, do they just give him the red light? I've said that about a lot of players this year. I'm going to remain D- consistent. Dusty with- not giving the red light. D- Dusty don't care. Yeah, Dusty don't care? Dusty don't care. All right, well, we will find out. I still think that there's a chance that he does miss time. Uh, He has missed 63 games over the last two seasons, Greg. Uh, And last year's power breakout was obviously an anomaly. 31 home runs. His home run to fly ball rate in the second half last year, Greg, was 25%. His previous season high for a whole season was 14.5% home run to fly ball ratio. I think he's probably more like a 24 home run hitter. Good batting average, probably going to hit you 290. Runs, RBIs will be there. Handful of stolen bases. Uh, And if he misses time, I think the counting stats will even take a hit. So if you ask me, between Jose Altuve and Gleyber Torres, uh, I will take Gleyber Torres And Whit Merrifield too, right? You have Whit Merrifield above him as well. No, I don't. I have He's another one. I'm not drafting him anywhere. I have Whit Merrifield at nine. God, why? Because he's old and he's boring and the stolen bases are are trending down, Greg. Dude. Nine? Nine. I think you're being a little egregious now. Really well, uh, Greg, are you going to argue yes. with a top 10 fantasy ranking? Uh, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's still are trending down, but he still had 20 last year. Yeah, he had 20. He, went, he cut it in half. So what if he cuts it in half again, Greg? He, he won't. This is his game. He's a 300 hitter. Yeah, Greg, how much did the, uh, did the St. Louis Cardinals run when Mike Matheny was their manager? They didn't run much, Frank. <laughs> they didn't. Just saying. I understand. Just saying. Like, this is what Whit Merrifield does, isn't it? But Merrifield is fine. I, I just don't think there's... Ninth is a stretch. I don't think there's much upside. That, that's what I'll say. Hey, look, maybe I should have him over Max Muncy because I don't really like Max Muncy either as uh, well. So once you get past um, DJ LeMahieu, eight and nine for me, Max Muncy and Whit Merrifield. This is like a respect ranking. What do you have, Moustakis at six? I, I like Mike Moustakis at... I have him at 10. But so you like I'm not actually going to draft him over those guys. Like in a vacuum. Okay. If they were both available in like the seventh round, sure, I'll still take Whit Merrifield over... Uh, Mike Moustakis. The problem is, Merrifield goes in like the fourth round. That's too early for me, Greg. I, I just don't like the price on Whit Merrifield. I, I understand that. Yeah. But you shouldn't have it ranked that you, you like those guys better then. <laughs> no, I don't. I have him at nine. But you, you said you are going to take Merrifield over Muncy. All the, right, so they're both I'll, there in the seven. I'll move them up one spot, Greg. You, <laughs> there Greg. you go. I, 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 I will say this. If they're both on the board at the same time and I want a second baseman, I will take DJ LeMayhew over Whit Merrifield. Then, you're, then it's right for you. Yes. So, there you go. He fits in at number eight. For a guy that wants speed, you keep eliminating all the speed. You got to pick and choose where you want the speed, Greg. This is where you want the <laughs> speed, Frank. But, all right. So, look. He's going to give you speed. Yeah. He, he'll probably give you, like, 80-plus run score. I don't think the Royals lineup is a great one. Uh, it's not. 280 batting average. I'm just saying, like, he's getting older. What if, the numbers, what if the numbers continue to trend down like they have been the past couple seasons? Oh, no, no, what no, no, no the not the past bases, couple seasons. What just, the, la- just last What if the stolen bases go from 20 to 15? Is that getting it done for you? It wouldn't surprise me if that happens. He just surprised. went from like 40 to 20. But like the year before, he had 35, right? So it went up right. and down. It wasn't like it's been trending down. It was in half from what it was last season. I, I, I understand that. Like, but Merrifield is a fine player. I just don't like the price on him. 
That's fine, but I think... In the fourth round, you're going to take Whit Merrifield over Manny Machado or no, Moncada? There's no, no chance. No, I'm not going yeah. to do that. Absolutely not. But I, again, I, I still have to throw this back at you. Where are you finding speed? Every time we do this, we have this conversation... Ozzie Albies, 15 to 20 steals. I like Ozzie Albies. He's, he gives you, he's like number one right there, second baseman. He gives you baseman. a little bit more power than Whit Merrifield. More yeah. runs scored. Ozzie lineup. Albies is the number one second baseman. Yes. But you're not taking Ozzie Albies. <laughs> Are you? Keston Hira, I have ahead of him, and he's going to give you probably 10 to 15 steals. Let's chat about Keston Hira. Keston Hira is an interesting one. Keston Hira is interesting. He's my number five second baseman here this year, right behind Whit Merrifield uh, and right behind Gleyber Torres. Keston Hira, a a top prospect with the Brewers. He burst onto the scene, went back to the minors, got called back up. Um, By the time the playoffs rolled around, he was the starting uh, second baseman for the Milwaukee Brewers. He's going to hit in the middle of the lineup. He's very, very talented. He's just 23 years old. Uh, nine stolen bases for him last year. He had uh, also seven in AAA, so if you combine that, it's like 16. Obviously, the power is there. Average was good overall. OBP was good overall. Strikes out a bunch. But, Frank, there is downside with Keston here. Greg, I am sad that I have done probably four or five drafts by now, and no I shares. have... I have zero shares of Kesson Hira. I, I've got to get a few shares of him this upcoming season. The prospect pedigree is there. And Greg, your homework for either tonight or during the break, if you want to, okay. look side by side at the swing of Mike Trout and Kesson Hira. It is very similar. It is like eerily similar. The downside to Kesson Hira is his plate discipline. He's a lot like Javier Baez. He strikes out a lot. He's going to be near a 30% strikeout rate this upcoming season. He has a high swinging strike rate. He chases pitches outside the zone. I realize all of those things, but Greg, when he makes contact, he makes really, really good contact. At the second base position last year, he was first in barrels per plate appearance. He was third in average exit velocity. He was fourth in average exit velocity, specifically on fly balls and line drives last season. And what I like most, Greg, is he's someone that was battle-tested in year one as a rookie. His first two weeks, he came up, hit 281, 4% walk rate, 33% strikeout rate, 39% hard contact, fine. He he was all right. He was sent back down came back up later on. What did he do? He got better. Batting average went from 281 to 308 the rest of the season. Hit 14 home runs. Uh, He doubled his walk rate to 8% Mm -hmm. when he got called back up from the minor minor leagues. He cut his strikeout rate by 3%. His hard contact went up to 46%. We're talking about a second baseman. Middle infielders don't normally hit the ball this hard, uh, as hard as Keston Hiura does. Uh, The swinging strike rate, the chase rate, uh, they decreased a little bit, Greg, but... I understand why people would be worried about him. Second year, pitchers are going to make adjustments to him. Is he going to be able to adjust back? I just trust the pedigree and the fact that when he makes contact, Greg, it is really, really good contact. We're talking about amongst the best at the second base position. Except not against lefties. Except not against lefties. So, all right, I'm happy you bring this up because I do have a note on this. He struggled against left-handed pitching last year in the majors, but if you look at his minor league numbers, his minor league splits, he performed against left-handed pitching very well at every single level. He really struggled last year. He had yep. eight, he had 19 home runs total. One was against the left. But he's a right-handed batter. Yes, he is. Doesn't that make you feel even better it about does. him? It does. That he's going to he's going to you know that he's going to improve against left-handed pitching. It's weird. It's weird. But the minor league numbers say that he should get better against lefties. So, so uh, it'll probably normalize a little bit. You know, okay. maybe won't you know mash against righties as well. How many steals do you think he winds up with? I think 10 to 12 is a fair projection. Okay, he's not going to give you nothing. That's for sure. What I like he's about, a great athlete. What I like about Keston here. Is those minor league numbers are all pretty much the same, right? Like you look at like the average and the OBP. He's always been a good hitter. You look at the power; it's pretty much always been around 
13 to 20. Last year, he had 19 triple ends and 19 more with the Brewers. Uh, that's a juice ball home run thing for sure. I like Keston Hira. I'm very happy with Keston Hira. Where is he going that you're not taking him right now? So he's going at like the 3 4 the turn right now too. in 15 team leagues. So uh, Keston Hira has an ADP of 42. So the back end of the third round in a 15 team league, the middle of the fourth round in a 12 team league. So, so he's going around players like, I'll just name hitters for fun. Kettle Marte, your boy. I'll take Marte over him. Jake Jonathan VR over him? I have Jonathan VR one spot higher. I have Keston Hero one spot higher. I think VR is a little bit safer. And obviously, you talk about where do you get that speed from? 35 plus steals. I think that's pretty safe from Jonathan VR. I agree. But it's not nearly as fun. It's not much. as fun. No. Mm. The upside is tantalizing for it Hero. Is. Like, he can hit 30 bombs with 15 stolen bases. Uh, I'm still going to have VR ranked ahead of him. I want to see you actually take VR over Keston Hero. I want to see you actually do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's one of those where if I was on the clock, would I actually do it? Exactly. And then when I don't do it, I go back and change my rankings. It's one of those. Uh, but I, I do like Keston Hero quite a Kessin bit. Keston Hero or Charlie Blackman? Uh, I will take Charlie Blackman. Keston Hero or George Springer? That's close. I will take Keston. Uh, give me Keston Hero over both. I lied. All right. Second base stinks. We'll continue second base after this. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day. Here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. The BFFs are here live with you. He's Frank. I'm Greg. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? Reminds me of Night at the Roxbury, Greg. Sure. Now, I'm looking at this list. You mentioned, and I want to get into the next 10, like the second 10 guys. I don't like any of them. Um, like, I'm really good with any of my first 10 players. We'll get to Kevin Vigio in a second. But you said you don't like Max Muncy. And he's a guy that like, I've asked you about for a while because I, I like him. But you don't. Why is that? I think that there is still concern with the Dodgers in terms of playing time. I think Fair. Max Muncy is going to play the majority of the time, but they have a great luxury right now after not trading away Jock Peterson He's still out there in the outfield. They have A.J. Pollock. They can opt to move Cody Bellinger to first base if they want. And, of course, they have Gavin Lux, who we're going to talk about on today's show as well, uh, one of the top prospects in all of baseball who people are very excited about this upcoming season. So I worry a little bit about that. And when it comes to Max Muncy, Greg, I understand the position versatility is fun. Second base, first base, third base. You can move him all around. I think the obvious answer is that you're going to use him at second base. The thing is, what he provides, Greg, is not really hard to find. He's going to hit you home runs. He's totally. going to score a ton totally. of runs. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Like If the guy plays 150-plus games in that Dodgers lineup, he's probably going to score over 100 runs, which is very valuable. I don't want to downplay that. He's much better in OBP leagues. He strikes out a ton. He's probably going to hit around 250. Uh, he just reminds me a lot of Mike Moussakis, who you can get you know, like 30 picks later. And Max Muncy's probably going to score more runs than Moustakis. I'm not going to dispute that. But I could see them having a similar home run output. 
Mike Moustakas hitting 35 to 40 home runs. Moustakas is going to have more RBIs as well, potentially 5 to 10 more points on the batting average. I just don't really see the difference between Max Muncy and Mike Moustakas, Greg. And the I agree with that. difference in price right now is over the past week at the NFBC, Max Muncy is going at pick 68. Mike Moustakas is going at pick 90. So you're getting him 22 picks later. So I have Max Muncy and Mike Moustakas back to back. I have him 8 9 in my rankings. That is. I have them 9 10. Yeah. So I agree. Oh, because you don't have Kettle Marte in your second base ranks. Correct. Right. Correct. So, so we have them in the same spot. We have them in the same spot. I totally agree. We've got to get somebody on the show who loves Max Muncy to explain the love for him. I mean, I like Max Muncy. It's like an OBP format. You play an OBP. I do. I, you should I, probably I, like him a lot more. I don't. But do you like him like 22 spots no, higher? I, I don't. But I've, if you do play in an OBP league, he's going to walk. He's probably going to double up Moustakis and walk rate. Sure. But what you described of the power... Like, I can get that other places, especially with Mike Moustakis, 30 picks later. It's right there. Do you worry about the playing time as well? Yes, that's the other thing. With the Dodgers, they have so many guys, and it's worked in Max Muncy's favor. And I find myself every year kind of falling for these bit Dodger players. Max Muncy, Chris Taylor, uh, Kiki Hernandez. I've fallen for all of them in the past, because I think I always think if you extrapolate their playing time, like, they're going to be pretty good. It doesn't really work like that. Dave Roberts doesn't care about your fantasy team. No, he doesn't. That's one of the negatives on my guy, Justin Turner, that he just doesn't play enough games. Like, he's really good when he plays. But he battles injuries. The difference is, Justin Turner, you get at, like, pick 160. Ugh, I love Justin Turner. Max Muncy, you get at pick yeah. 70. Exactly. And it's that's a much different price to pay. Should we talk about Kevin Biggio? Well, Greg, I, I think I, I could just take the segment off and I go walk around we'll somewhere. And I don't want you to do that. You can just wax poetic. Do you want to you call reveal Judy? Your you call Judy as well and, and let her know you didn't sleep well? Yeah, you know what? I am. I am going to call Judy. Right, let I, her know. I'm going to... You're going to have to send me your number because I don't have it. Maybe I could like Facebook call her through like Messenger. I think it's a thing. It's a thing? I'm friends with Judy on Facebook. Sure. Uh, but yes, I will call her and say, you ruined Greg's day. You just He's t- grouchy because of you. You just talked about OBP and, and Max Muncy. Having Biggio's OBP was 130 points higher than his average, 130, a 364 OBP. That's fantastic. We talk about speed. 14 stolen bases in the major leagues last year. Zero caught stealings. Talk about that ratio, the red light. The reason given the red light, because he was perfect last year. 14 for 14 in just 100 games. This is a guy that legitimately has the ability to steal you 20 bases. This is a guy, in my opinion, that legitimately has the ability to hit 20 home runs. He had 16, again, in 100 games last year. He had 26 in 2018 in double-A. He has legit power. He has legit speed. He will be 25 years old, so it's a little bit older than some of the top prospects, but entering the prime of his career. The problem with Kevin Biggio is he's very selective. He walks 16.5% of the time. That's obviously why the OBP is so high. Strikes out too much, close to 30% of the time. Not egregious, it's under 30%. So it's not an egregious... 28.6 is not egregious. It's pretty bad, Greg. It's not egregious. I'm going to look this up in a second. Yeah, what have you said about Fran Mill Reyes in the past, who strikes oh. out 28% of the time? I thought he was much higher than that. I feel like <laughs> it's not. I feel like he's over 30. You see, when it's Kevin Biggio, it's all right. When it's Fran Mill Reyes, it's I not. I feel like it's over 30. It's not. I'm telling I'm you, it's like 28, 29%. I don't, I, I don't believe you. All right. All right. Why would I lie to my best friend? What I, the other thing I like about Kevin Biggio more than anything... And this is what Frank actually doesn't like. He hits the ball really hard, 39.5%. I mean, that's close to a 40% hard hit rate for a second baseman that also has speed that also has power. We're talking about guys before, Johnny VR. Um, 
Ozzy Alves to, a, to an extent. Jose Altuve. Guys that run and guys that hit for power. Kevin Bijou is the next guy like that, and he's going way later than these players. And in an OBP format, he's going way too late other than Tout Wars last night. You're getting this guy traditionally in the NFBC over the past two weeks or so. He is number 127. All the other guys are just way earlier. And he's somebody that's rising. But you're talking to me in a 12-team league, we're talking about the 11th round or so? And sign me up. Sign me up for Kevin Biggio. Yeah, Kevin Biggio for me is an interesting one because if you do play in a standard roto or in a head-to-head categories league with batting average, he's probably Damn, going 28 to 28 and a half percent. Why would I lie? Kevin Biggio's going to probably hit between 230 and 240, and we had the projections up on the screen, and Steamer has him projected for 235. Nobody on Fangraphs has Kevin Biggio projected for higher than a 235 batting average, Greg. And what's so crazy about his strikeout rate, it's 28.6%, right, Greg? His swinging strike rate is 8.7%. So it just doesn't add up. Why does he strike out so much if his swinging strike rate is so low? And it's the reason you mentioned He is too selective. Selective, He's too passive. He gets deep into counts, which is good from a baseball perspective because you work pitch counts, you get uh, a pitcher's pitch count up, and obviously that helps you get to uh, an opposing team's bullpen faster. But for Kevin Biggio, he almost takes too many pitches. The pitches maybe he should be aggressive on early in the count, uh, and that's why you see the swing strike rate is low. When he does swing and miss, it's when there's two strikes in the count, which often leads uh, to his... 28.6% 28.6% strikeout rate. What he needs to do, the next step for Biggio, and maybe he won't do it because this is just the player he is, he needs to go down a similar route as Yohan Moncada. Chase a few more pitches outside the strike zone. Be more aggressive. Don't walk as much. Don't be as passive. And if he does that, Greg, considering how hard he hits the ball and how often he hits the ball in the air, he probably would raise that batting average to around 250-260. If you're telling me we're getting a 260 hitter with 20 home runs and 20 stolen bases, that's probably a fifth or sixth round pick. He'd be going, you know, twice uh, the ADP that he is right now. Sure. So uh, that that's the maturation process for Kevin Biggio. But if you look at the minor league numbers, this is basically who he is. He walks yep. a ton. He strikes out a lot because he goes deep into these counts. And he hits a lot of fly balls. He hits for a low batting average uh, and is going to give you some pop. Greg's right. Much better in an OBP league. Much better in a points league. But if you do play in a Roto League, you really can't project him for anything higher than a 240 batting average. I, I, and that's fair. He's never done it, right? Like in AAA last year, just 43 games, he batted 312, which was nice. But the rest of his minor league career, you're looking at a guy that basically hit 240 on average. Like That's who he is. But the OBP is really, really good. So if you play in an OBP League, I think you have every right to really be in on Gavin Biggio. Greg, of all the young kids on the Blue Jays, who do you think is most likely to see another minor league stint this year? Can I say, like, Teoscar Hernandez? <laughs> no! I Lourdes- the top four batters. You can't say Lourdes Correale. I can say, I can say Lourdes Correale. I think him and Biggio are the most likely to. Like, they have high ceilings, but they also have lower floors, I would say, than both Bichette and Vladimir Guerrero. I don't think like, either of them. I don't, like, I don't think any of them go down. It's probably not going to happen, but I'm just saying, you know, in a worst-case scenario, if one, you know... If one needed to go down to minor leagues to work on their swing or tweak something because they're performing that badly, I would say it's but here's probably the, but here's the thing, Biggio so badly. or, or like, Lourdes Correa. In a real major league situation, if your guy is giving you a 350 OBP, you don't care. Right. You're getting on base. That's your job. But what happens if he's hitting 180 with like a 300 OBP? Do I you don't, still stay up? No. Probably not. No. 
You want? I'm saying like it can crater like that. You think if he strikes out that much and just only hits fly balls and they're not going out of the park and they're just like lazy fly balls. So it's kind of like Red Gardner, right? You see yeah. so many pitches. Right. All right. Um, let me go to the second part of the ten uh, or ten to twenty second baseman. And I again, I don't like any of them. So I'm just going to point out like the ones. Like, Where do you have Jeff McNeil? Eleven. You don't like him? I told you I'm not. I'm not Jeff McNeil and JD Davis. Every time we talk about these guys, I'm still out on them. Okay. I don't know about their playing time. I don't know what's real with them. I don't know. Jeff McNeil is going to play every day. JD Davis. Him, I'm not so sure. See, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm. I, I feel safer about Jeff McNeil. You, you're cool. He's with, DJ Lemayhew light. So you're cool with Jeff McNeil. You're starting second baseman. Yes, he has second base and outfield eligibility, so that helps as well. Not third base eligibility. Those are the two hardest positions to fill in roto leagues. I feel, like first, and outfield. I feel like first and second are the hardest. First base stinks too. It's just terrible. Yeah, I want to get in on on. You talk about Jeff McNeil if you want. Like he's I'll, DJ Lemayhew light, and I think you know his minor league numbers show some uh, potential growth for power. I'm not saying he's going to hit 25 home runs. I think it's within his range of outcomes that he can hit 25 home runs. He's going to bat near the top of the lineup for the Mets, so he's going to score runs. I think safe for you know, 280, maybe even 290-plus batting average. Hits a ton of line drives. Can hit both lefties and righties. I don't, I don't mind Jeff McNeil. Goes like in that 7th, 8th round range. Someone that, again, he allows you the opportunity to take another slugger because yep. he helps out your batting average. So uh, I think, you know, I think he's DJ LeMahieu Light. Probably going to give you 5 to 10 stolen bases. He, he does a little bit of everything, Greg. He's, he's, he's fine. Yeah. He's not a target of yours. No. He's not like an active target of mine, but if he falls to the right point, then I will take him in a draft. All right, we'll take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about some players that I am interested in. Oh. I'll rapid fire him a little bit. I want to hear more about Gavin Lux. You have the playing time concerns there, but obviously a top prospect with the Dodgers. We're going to Tommy Edmond just a little bit because we talked about him uh, earlier today. That Carpenter's injury could open up some time for him. We'll get into some of our sleepers. We're going to Odor, Cesar Hernandez, old favorites of both of ours. We'll break it down. I wrap up the program really quick today. We'll go next. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. A lot more second baseman to get to, not much time to do it, Frank. So let's just dive right in once again. And I'm going to start with Gavin Lux, former top prospect, or current top prospect, really, um, with Dodgers. We've heard his name a lot. But you do wonder, as you mentioned with Max Muncy, about the playing time and how much he's going to see. How confident are you that we'll see Gavin Lux out there every day? I think that the Dodgers are going to try to get him out there. You know, if they play six or seven games, you know, maybe he plays five or six of those throughout the course of the week. And you won't like to hear this, Greg, you know, cover your ears. But I have Gavin Lux one spot higher than Kevin Biggio. That's a mistake. For this upcoming season. I heard that. I think that the upside is higher uh, for Gavin Lux. You look at what he did in the minors last year, Greg, and he hit 347 with an OPS over 1,000 oh, as amazing. a second yeah. baseman. He's amazing. 26 home runs, 10 stolen bases. Across two different levels in the minors last year, double A and triple A. And I actually had James Anderson of Rotowire on Fantasy Sports Today a couple of weeks ago to ask him about some of the top prospects this year. And he said one of his hot takes early on in fantasy draft season was that Gavin Lux will outproduce Luis Robert this upcoming season from a fantasy perspective. So just hearing that from someone who uh, obviously analyzes prospects for a living. 
let's call it for what it is. He knows more about prospects than I do. You don't he know is, much, Frank. So. He is bullish on Gavin Lux, and I'm really trusting that. I hope that the playing time is there. Obviously, they're a team that's competing, Greg. If he struggles early on, then they could look to go in another direction. They have so many options. They have a lot of options, but let's just say he performs well. Starts moving up in that order. One of the best lineups in all of baseball, probably the best in the National League. Has a little bit of a power-speed combination. The hit tool is there for Gavin Lux. There's a lot to like. The upside is very high. I realize the downside is very low as well. Who's a better uh, chance of going to the minors this year, Kevin Biggio or Gavin Lux? <laughs> that is a fair question. Uh, it's probably Lux. Just, just being honest. But I think the upside for Lux, if everything clicks, is higher than Kevin Biggio. All right, let me continue on and move on to Tommy Edmond, a guy that he picked up in the second half of last year. He helped you out. He's able to have eligibility really all around the diamond in many leagues and he was not promised a starting job coming into the spring, but Matt Carpenter is still ba- battling injuries, which could leave third base open uh, for Tommy Edmond to start this year, depending on how things wind up working out. Are you in on Tommy Edmond? I haven't drafted him anywhere yet, and I think he's a hard, hard name to figure out here, Greg, because uh, I think the hit tool is there. He had 304 last year. He had 305 in the minors at AAA. The year before that, he hit 318 in the minors. The year before that, he hit 299 in the minors. I mean, the guy can hit. There's no doubt about that when it comes to Tommy Edmond. And the St. Louis Cardinals just find players like this all the time. Guys that just fly under the radar in their minor league system. They get called up. They can do a little bit of everything. And um, we saw that last year. Only 92 games played. Tommy Edmond hit 11 home runs with 15 stolen bases. I think the power might have been a little bit juice ball related. Personally, I think he's probably more of like a 12, 13 home run guy this upcoming season. But the speed is going to play. I think if you know he plays regularly in a super utility role, whether it's in the infield, third base for Carpenter, um, if he plays in the outfield, he's currently penciled in as the starting left fielder uh, over at Roster Resource, then I think he's someone that can steal you 15 to 20 bases, Greg. Uh, I just haven't drafted him yet because I do have slight concern over the playing time. If he struggles early on, like the Dodgers, the Cardinals have a lot of different players they can use in the outfield, in the infield. Dylan Carlson is coming very soon for the Cardinals. Tyler O'Neill is still out there. Real Harrison deal. Bader is having a nice spring as well. So there are just a lot of names that can pick up the slack if Tommy Edmond gets off to a slow start. But if he gets off to a hot start, he's going to play every day. Because if you look at the names, both in the infield and the outfield, Edmond can do all of it, right? Edmond can play pretty much any position on the field outside of pitcher and catcher. Yep. And you look at who these starters are. Paul DeYoung at shortstop. I think he's undervalued this year. We talked a little bit about that yesterday. His job is safe. You go to a massive slump. Colton Wong gets benched every year. It's like, it's like, he was very good last year. He gets benched every year at some point. Greg. It happens. Don't, ben- don't downplay Colton Wong, Greg. You don't think he got benched at some point last year? 24 stolen bases last year. You don't think he got benched at some point last don't year? sleep on Colton Wong. See how many games he played last year. Greg's sleeping on Colton Wong. Colton Wong, 148 games. He got benched for uh, 15 games. <laughs> how many games did Kevin Bizio play, Greg? Oh, well, he started in the minors. Well, he, he did. I know. That wasn't the Probably got benched a few games. That wasn't a fair comparison. <laughs> uh, Dexter Fowler sucks. Harrison Bader kind of sucks. And Tyler O'Neill doesn't really Harrison play. Bader is a name that I'm actually taking late everywhere. Then that's fine. Like He's a lottery ticket. I get it. But all three spots in their outfield can be replaced. And you think Dylan Carson will be there at some point. Tyler O'Neill, if he hits, he'll be there. Dexter Fowler, again, who knows? Harrison Bader hasn't prone to slumps. There are a lot of Matt moving Carpenter parts. Hurt. Let, let's say for what it is, Greg. There are a lot of moving parts. Yeah. I think Edmund probably does have a regular role as like a super utility player. Kind of like DJ, it could be like DJ LeMayu last right. year where you didn't know the role and every day. Yeah, and maybe he just makes me look stupid. Maybe he hits 15 home runs, 20 stolen bases with you know good counting stats. Great. I don't think the Cardinals lineup is very good. It's terrible. But if he hits near the top of it, he's probably going to score runs, right? 
He'll be 25 in May. He has good minor league numbers. I, I mean, he has fine. a season with 30 stolen bases in 2018. Right now, Tommy Edmond in the NFBC is going to pick 131. That's four spots after Kevin Biggio. Mm. And I'm sure you'd rather have Biggio in a, in a vacuum. That's two spots after Framil Reyes, Frank. Well, that tells you why I'm not getting any Tommy, Tommy Edmond share. It's great. Would you rather have Tommy Edmond or Ahmed Rosaria? Oh, gosh. Death is not an option. That's not a death. It's not an option one. <laughs> I they're just not targets of mine. Like Fran Mill Reyes is a guy I'm taking I every time. I don't think a death is not an option one. That that's like a little harsh on these guys. Yeah, I know. Because they do give you a little bit of power, a little bit of speed. Yeah. I'll take a Med Rosario. I think so too. Kyle at least with Kyle him, Schwarber's also in this. He search. has more prospect pedigree and probably safe for at least 15-15. I'll take Carlos Schwarber over both of them will. as well. I know you will. Okay. Uh, moving on here. Let's get to our guy or my guy. Cesar Hernandez. We talk about, like, you want a little bit of speed late? He hit a shot yesterday, too. I, Greg, I'm talking, it was like Cesar. a 400-foot like moon rocket. You talking? You don't expect that out of Caesar. You want, like, what, 10 and 15 for Caesar? That we're looking for 12, 12, 15, 15? So, right, so 10 and 15 wasn't so crazy. He just needs to play every day. And he's on a team that's going to let him run. He needs to be in a lineup. He needs to hit at the top of the lineup. When he's given those opportunities, he's good. Philadelphia didn't give him that opportunity last year. They took it away from him. Greg, he played 161 games. Yeah, but they dropped him in the lineup, Frank. They did. That was my issue. He had 14 home runs with uh, nine stolen bases last year, 279. Just solid. Across the board, 77 runs, 71 RBIs. Does a little bit of everything. I'm with you, man. Like, the guy has a good eye at the plate. Last year, uh, he did drop from a 13% walk rate in 2018 to a 6.7% walk rate. So, you don't like to see that uh, from an OBP perspective or in a head-to-head points league, but... If you do play in a head-to-head points league, I don't mind him as a fallback option in second base. If you play with a middle infielder, I think he's a fine option there. Even in Roto Leagues, I think he's a fine middle infielder. He's just going so late, Greg, and plays on a team where they're going to let him run. He's going to have the green light. The Indians typically always let guys like Lindor run. The guy came back from a calf injury last year, Francisco Lindor, and they still let him run. So with him and Jose Ramirez, Mercado, they let all these guys run. Uh, who, Who knows? Maybe if they let Cesar Hernandez loose... Maybe he can steal 15, 20 bases. Exactly. Sure. I think it's, you know, it's within the range of outcomes. I like Cesar. I think he's a solid player. Uh, a better, better middle infielder than an actual starting second baseman. Well, he's baseman. my number 18 starting second baseman, so that's like a middle infield prospect. Oh, man, I got to move him up. You have him too low. I have him way too low. Yeah, exactly. What are you moving him to? I don't know. It's tough because I don't know if I want to move him against ahead of Nick Madrigal, Greg. I, I have him ahead of Nick Madrigal. Do you... uh you know who Nick Madrigal is, by the I way? I do know who Nick Madrigal is, but I don't know where I... One of the top prospects for the White Sox. I know, I know. Uh, not going to give you anything in the power department, yeah, but... He's way ahead of Nick Madrigal. Where I think. His... Uh, he's number, Nick Madrigal's number 31. His plate discipline, Nick Madrigal. Well, that's because these are probably more so for Roto, and Madrigal has the upside, Greg, to come up and just steal, like, 30 bases once he gets called up in, like, May. Sure. So, being able to find that speed later on in your drafts, but I, I do have them back-to-back right now. I, I like Cesar Hernandez. I have him at 24. Sorry, man. Yeah, that's all right, man. Uh, you just had to read that Odor earlier this week. Oh, gosh. Are you, you're, you're Don't back, remind me. You're back in on Odor. Odor! 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 Thanks, Greg. Thanks for that. You got it, Frank. Great impersonation. I thought it was pretty good. Haven't been let down that, that much since, uh, since the end of Game of Thrones. You expect a good impression? <laughs> Odor! Odor! All right, so Rootman Odor hit 205 last year. 253 the year before that, 204 in 2017, 
and 271 so so in 2016. Man. Greg, he's an even-year player. It's 2020, oh. man. You know that means we're getting a 250 plus batting average out of Rugnet Odor. In all honesty, Greg, the projection systems have him projected for 28 home runs and 13 stolen bases. If you want to find I power, it. speed, it's been the last. He's gonna years. if he's gonna hurt your batting average, you're taking Kevin Biggio at well, what's the ADP on Biggio, Greg? A uh, 127 ish. 127. What is Odor? Odor. Uh, 219. 100 picks later. I mean, come on, Greg. 100 picks later, he's projected for 28 home runs and 13 seals. How much better is Biggio going to be than that? 100 picks later. 100 picks, a lot of picks. I mean, Odor, look, I I just think the hate has gone too far on Odor. That's fair. Odor, I understand. Like, the batting average is going to be bad. There's no doubt about it. There was 21 for me. He has the potential to completely sink your batting average. He hit around 200 last year. But the expected batting average was better. He's been unlucky in terms of the batting average department. I would say he probably hits 220 or 230, which is probably going to be worse than Kevin Biggio. But is it going to be 100 spots in ADP lower? I think the hate has gone too far on Odor, Greg. Should we talk about that mother effer, Kevin Newman? <laughs> that- First of all, explain to people why you just called him that. That? I, only, I, I literally only off the air call him that F, Kevin Newman. I never referred to him. That is true. I never referred to him just straight as Fun Kevin fact, Newman. I was watching the Pittsburgh Pirates game on the way over Did here, they Greg. call him that You know F who was Kevin in the booth? Jameson Tyone. Oh, uh, how about that? The broadcast. How's he doing? For the first three innings. Don't forget about him. We should, they should have a show on that. Yeah, he's, um, he's not coming back. Oh, keeper league type of players. You want to draft the end of the draft? Yeah. I mean, you're going to stash them on your IL all year long? You do with Otani. That didn't work out. Yeah. You're going to need those IL spots, Greg. Everyone, look at, there's like 18 pitchers hurt already. Just saying. You don't want to forget about Jameson Tyone. Right. Um, so anyway, <laughs> I was watching a game with Jameson Tyone. I played a quality starts league. Jameson Tyone mowing him down, mowing him down. Umpire killing him with a walk. Kevin Newman has not one, not two, but three errors in the inning, causing Tyone to throw a thousand pitches, let up runs, and never come back out. He loses the quality start, loses the game. What a disaster. Uh, Greg, my sleepers at the second base position are like, Shedlong and Mauricio Dubon, in case you were wondering. We didn't we didn't even get to our sleepers. Today. I like Shedlong, Frank. I agree with you. Former Yankee great. Coast to coast! Pharrell is up next. Thanks to Sean and Alex downstairs. He's Frank. I'm Greg. We'll do it all again tomorrow. We, we hope! hope. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid.